We'll wait, Chris. <laughs> I just had to bust his chops. I'm sorry. <laughs> we need a camera that can pan. <laughs> sorry. Happy 2022, everyone. Ah, yeah, party. Woo! Um, you know, we come into a new year, and we call it a new year celebration. We rejoice and, and we're happy because a new year is coming. Unfortunately, what happens is we look back at the old year and we think of all the wrong things that have happened, all the terrible things that have been in the news, all the struggles we've gone through, and we think, oh my gosh, thank, you know, thank the Lord that we got through that. We struggled through a year and we start with a new, fresh opinion of what's coming this year. And we think to ourselves, well, how can I avoid last year? We can't. God gave us 365 days last year to praise Him, to love Him, to worship Him, to rejoice, to be joyful. What did we do with it? To be honest with you, we listened to the wrong things, the wrong people, read the wrong books. We had the opportunity to praise perfection in our Lord. We had the opportunity to share the joy and the happiness that He brings us each day. And I'll be honest with you, talking about myself, I didn't do that. There was a lot of times, I mean, I consider myself a happy guy enough that, you know, sometimes my wife just wants to slap me. And it's just, <laughs> and others. <laughs> but, you know, when you look at things, I come into the fact of what's my worst case scenario in each situation? And, you know, it's one of the things I kind of picked up when I was in the Navy. It's like, oh man, what's going to happen if I do this? I could get hurt. Okay, well, it could be worse. I, I could die. Okay, and at that point, I didn't know Christ. So that was worst case scenario and pretty scary. Now I take worst case scenario and go, hey, what could happen? And it's like, well, I could be sick. God is with me. I could be poor. God is with me. I could be so hurt that I die. God is still with me. And that's a good thing. My worst case scenario is the best thing I want in life. So, that makes me look back. I can't just go forward and go, okay, I'm just going to sit here and wait to die. God also gave us this life. And He didn't want us to trudge through and fight and struggle, although He did say that will happen. He gave it to us so we may have life and life more abundantly. I picked a book today the, the letter to the Philippians, oh, sorry. And the reason I did it, small book, and I pray that you guys will read this. I hope that you will read the book, the letter, I should say. But I want to share that there's at least 16 times where he starts out with joy and rejoice. Be happy. This is a thrilling book of rejoicing. And yet in it, Paul, who wrote it, is in prison. He's in jail. Now, they don't know the exact location, and it doesn't matter. It was probably a home prison. He was probably sentenced to not leave his home. He probably had visitors. He talks that this letter was written with Timothy. But you know what? His life wasn't everything he was probably thinking it would be. He was struggling, and he shares that. Now, I'll give you a brief rundown, uh, but first, let's start with prayer. Dear Father in heaven, as we come to this new year, we do 
wish for a date, Lord, that we can wipe our slate clean because we see all of our failures and our mistakes. But in that, Lord, we miss the fact that you also have seen them. You have forgiven us and you love us. And in that, Lord, we should be rejoicing. We should be thanking you continually. We should be, we should be sharing everything we know of you with many others. Lord, I love you. We love you. We thank you. And Lord, you know me. You know what my words are, and I hope that they are not being shared today, but my words will be your words, Lord, and I hope they go out today. I hope that your spirit fills all of us, not only for speaking, but for listening, Lord, that we may hear what you have to say. Your word is perfect, Lord. You are perfect, and we thank you. May we be joyful in the lesson that we learned today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I said, this is Paul, along with Timothy, writing the letter to the Philippians. Paul starts out the book in chapter 1 with thanksgiving and prayer. Giving thanks for all that he has, all that he is with, the help that he has had. But his thanksgiving and prayer is to glorify Christ. It's not the situations he has, it's not the material goods he has, it's not the gifts he's been given through men, but it is the gifts he's been given through God, through Jesus, the love of him. He speaks of the church and the joy he has from what Christ is doing in it and through it. I hope that as we go about our day, we don't just knock our church and say, wow, you know, Ron goofed up several times today or, or this or that, or it was a little chilly in there but that we rejoice that we're family, that we get to be together, that we get to read God's Word, that we get to love God and praise Him this morning. He shares his own struggles being imprisoned. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to do that and I don't know why. I'm not touching anything. <clears throat> he knows that he is... I am not... Okay. I know, I know. It's probably my heart beating out of my chest. <clears throat> I will try to be good. He struggles for he knows to be with Christ is far better, but he's still here on earth. And for others, it is better for him to be here, to share the word. So he accepts that struggle as a joy, as a happiness. It's not always rosy trying to teach the word, but the joy that you have from doing that is unbelievable. He tells, it's my breath. He tells how Christ humbled himself and he came to earth. He's not only talking about the situation that he has. He's not only talking about the struggles that he's going through speaking the word of Christ, but he's actually telling us what Christ has done. How he humbled himself, came from heaven, came from perfection, and was born, as we learned last week, as a child. Coming down and humbling himself as man. It's an unbelievable thing to do for love of people that hate him, disregard him, mock him, tease him, and yet he still loves us. And so Paul has this example, and he tells us that, guys, whatever I'm struggling with is nothing. God himself came down and went through all this on earth. Christ was so obedient that he led his life leading and teaching and preaching. And you know, we don't read a lot of joys of how fun it was for Christ. But we do see the joy that he had. 
We read in a passage that God looked upon a city and He wept. Jesus wept. I don't see too many passages where it said God was so happy with the people and Christ looked upon them and just laughed and enjoyed and partied with them. He struggled. He wanted them to know God. He wanted to lead them. For the time period that he had his ministry, he went through and he was chased and he was chastised and people watched him. They sat here as, as he's preaching and they unrolled the scrolls. We're going to get him. We're going to get him. He's going to say something wrong. We're going to get him. They weren't sitting here going, wow, what does he have to say? They were looking to attack him, to break him, to show his failures. And of course, there were none. He tells about Christ that he was so obedient to God that he allowed himself to be crucified, to be hung on a cross, and yet be buried and be resurrected. The joy that we have at Easter. The pain and suffering of Jesus Christ brings us great joy because of the fact that we know that was the final solution. That was, that was it. Christ on the cross said, it is finished. Everything you need to be with me, with God forever, has been done. So we don't rejoice that Christ was beaten and mocked and put up on a cross, but we do rejoice that he rolled that stone away, that he walked out of that grave, and that he's seated at the right hand of God. And he's interceding for each and every one of us so that there is no thing that we have done that cannot be forgiven through him. And there is no one powerful enough to take us from him. Christ did that very humbly. He did it while he struggled. It is finished. He shares how we should act in the light of all this. Do we take it and do we hide it? <clears throat> Not let anybody else know about it because if I'm secure, that's all I need. He shares that we should be a light, that we should share it. And that comes with a lot of things to do, guys. If we want to share the light of Christ, do we do it in a grumbling, moaning way of how terrible it is and how hard it is for us to be fighting against the world continually? You go, oh, guys, you know, I have Christ. Man, is it tough. People are against me. They don't want to be with me. They don't want to hear what I say. Man, I, I can't go to the parties that I used to go to. <sighs> and you know what? All the fun at the water cooler of mocking and teasing and, and cutting people down. I, I don't even get to do that. I have to be righteous. I have to do things right. It's terrible. I mean, I mean no, it's great. You're going to love it. This is, wow, this is, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sharing Christ. This is good. Yeah, we're going to be totally against the world, and they're going to be against us, and you guys are going to love it. <clears throat> you know, the fact is, we don't have to lie about God. We don't have to embellish what He's done in our lives. Because what He's done in our lives is truth. Share it, man. God has saved me from eternal hell. I know the person I was. I know better than anybody except for God where I've been and what I've done. And God loved me. And God said, you know what, Ron? I want to be with you forever. And God showed me a way. It took a while. But God showed me a way. And I received Him in faith in Jesus. And I do have an eternity with God. Is that sorrowful? Is that, oh my gosh, the struggles are terrible? No. That's wonderful. 
And those are the joys we should share. I do enjoy going, guys, guess what? Heaven's going to be so cool. I, I have a little inkling of what it may be like. But man, when I get there, it's going to be even more than I could ever imagine, ever be, ever know. That, that's a cool thing to share. But the fact is, the same God that's going to have me up there has me right now. He's given me this life, not by mistake. He's given me this life to walk joyfully, to share what He has done. And you know what? Even if I didn't talk about my salvation and eternal life with God, which that should be primary, even if I talked about all the wonderful things I have, I should be joyous in that. I have a wonderful wife who loves me. My path <clears throat> to find her was a long one. And if it wasn't guided by God, it would have been misdirected heavily. <clears throat> we have a wonderful family. Our children love the Lord. And that is such a blessing. They love us. We get to share time with them. Things are good. I went through a job that I didn't even know to get into. My father said, hey, you need a real job. Come to work. So I did. God picked me up at every step of the way, led me, guided me, shared things with me, kept me safe, and provided for me. Most of my career, I thought I did that. Quick side note, <clears throat> I did a lot of work. I've been hurt a lot. I still have all my fingers, all my hands. God is good. I once was working on a piece of equipment and I had some gloves on and I lifted a big piece and I hooked it on a chain and I had my hands down below and I had my hand where it shouldn't have been. The chain let loose and this big heavy arm came slamming down. It got me. I pulled my hand back and I didn't even want to look because I thought there's no way it's still there on my hand. And so I grabbed it and I called for help. And I ended up, I got my glove off, and I realized my finger was still there. Yes, I needed stitches. Yes, it was bad. I needed emergency help. I needed a doctor that God provided all his knowledge to, to keep my finger. And he did. I went back the next day, and I looked. And I thought, what did I do wrong? And I picked up that piece of metal, and I hooked it. And I thought, yep, there's no way a hook's going to hold here. Never should have done that. And then I let it go. And I watched it close where my hand was. The piece of metal was about 230 pounds. It was sheared against another piece of metal straight on. There's no way that it could have bounced and went, oh, your hand's got plenty of room. It should have taken it straight off. The only reason I have it today is because God. I realized that, and no one will ever be able to take that away from me. I put those two things together and I saw it. Now that's just one thing. I can get a million of them coming. Because I start looking back now that I know God. And I know that He is always with me. He is protecting me and He wants me. When He does take me, it's going to be glorious. Sometimes I do say, God, how about now? You know, there's, when you have that as a destination, it's hard to be here. But it's good to be here, you guys. We need to rejoice. I have notes so I don't go off track. So 
I'll try to stay with them. Let's get into Philippians chapter 3. <laughs> yeah, Kathy asked me today, she goes, do you want me to write up your outline? I said, no, I'm going to wing it. <clears throat> so, I do have notes. <clears throat> Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God in glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, Forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of you who are mature think this way. And if any of you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join me in imitating, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you, and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly, and their glory in their shame, and their minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Paul starts out here <clears throat> as he's trying to close. And he says, finally, my brothers, it would be the same thing as therefore. The previous chapters that he's talked about, the things that have gone on in this, in this letter, he says, because of all these things, because of Jesus Christ, rejoice in the Lord. It would be nice if that was final and that we took that and we understood it. But even Paul at this point, writing to the Philippians, realizes that, guys, let me just add a little bit to it. Let me just continue to share with you. So he goes on, and, and we can't say life is rosy, life is good, everything's happy and cherry. It actually is, but we do have struggles. We do have some things that come in against us in life. We still are in the world. We're not of it, 
but we're in it. So he says, look out for the dogs, look out for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. What he's speaking there of is, is those that feel that they're righteous by the things that they have done. They feel that they are of a certain tribe. They feel that they have gone down and by ancestry and by the righteous works that they did or the symbolisms that they've done, one of them being circumcision, they feel that they are correct no matter how they're living. They've got it in the bag because they did this, 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 and this. He goes on to say, Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee. He's saying, you guys think you got it? Look at me. I'm on top. If you're going by these rules, I win. I'm up here. You guys are here. And he tells them the rules and he says, I have it all. I could sit back on that, but it would do me no good whatsoever. He goes on to say, but whatever gain I had, I count as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. For His sake I had suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ the righteousness from God that depends on faith. We know that we're not saved by works. We have faith, and we do good works, or should do good works, but that's not how we're saved. And it's kind of a tight walk of, well, I've done this, and, and even when you do things, I, you know, when you gave gifts at Christmas this year, and I'm guilty, didn't I give a cool gift? Don't you like that? Isn't that good? <clears throat> and you take some of that back to you. It's not a free gift that you have given and just go, I love you here. It's I love you here. How much do you love me now? And we want it returned. I'm guilty of it. You know, I, I was thrilled by you know sharing the, the gifts that I gave my wife and daughter and family. And you know, it's like, oh, that's so cool. You remember what I got you? Remember what I got you? You know? But the truth is, is that I couldn't have given any of that without the blessings that God has given me. Everything that I have, God's given me the ability to obtain, whether it was a free gift or whether it was through work. Whether, you know, I, I used my body in my time, which is not true. God gave me this body. God created time for me. He gave me the ability to produce wealth. And then I'm able to share it. And the joy I have is like, God, look what we did. You allowed me to share this. This is so cool. Thank you. God allows us to participate in life. That's why we're here. We're not here to sit and wait for him to take us. He's like, guys, there's a world down here. I'm going to put you in it. And it's not going to be easy. It's going to be struggling. But I'm here with you. So we're going to bring joy and we're going to rejoice and we're going to share that throughout the world to those I want to hear, to those I want to send my word to. I'm going to give you an opportunity to be part of it. There's been a lot of times where I've kept my mouth shut when the Holy Spirit is saying speak. And there's been more times where I've spoken and the Holy Spirit has said shut up. 
But when we go through and we see somebody and we know that they're struggling and in trouble, sometimes we say, oh, the only thing I can do is pray. The only thing I can do is bring you in front of our Lord and Savior to raise you up, to praise Him for you. We come before that and we struggle and we try to do it on our own. And the truth is, we just need to share Jesus with them. We need the peace of Christ to be with them. Now, believe me, you don't have the ability to change their hearts and change their life. Only God does. You're not going to do it. And when you fail, like I've spoken before, when, when God tells you to speak and you don't, that person's not going to hell because you failed. God gave you an opportunity to share what He's doing. And God says, okay, this was an opportunity for you. And you know what? Thankfully, God allows that again and again and again and again. I've walked away from people and went, oh, man, I'm, I'm never going to see them. And I didn't say anything about God to them. I didn't share the word with them. And, and we just joked and laughed and I walked away. And the truth is, I realize that and I'm convicted that God gave me an opportunity and I missed it. But just like New Year's resolutions, because we're in January 2nd, because it's been two days, I'm sure most of them have been broken already. We go into resolutions saying, I'm going to do this. You know, weight loss is a huge one. I'd like to say if anybody here has made a resolution for losing weight today, please keep track of it. Somehow, I've become the head of the lost and found department of the weight loss. And guys, I don't need it. So, you know, when you lose weight, just set it aside. Keep it from me, okay? I don't want to gain it. But what we have is the righteousness through Christ to share, the ability to choose. And even when we choose the wrong thing because we haven't been thinking of God's word or being led by him, I'm going to buy a new car this year. Did you pray to God about that first? Or are you just going to struggle through and try and make that happen and see what does and what comes of it? And when you don't get that car, are you going to be devastated? If your work situation changes, if something happens where you can't meet that goal, is that going to ruin your life? Are you going to walk around depressed? Because you had a goal and it didn't quite work out the timing that you wanted. And you don't want to be around anymore. To, boy, I don't want to talk to the people that I told I was going to do this and that and this. Because they're going to mock me. They're going to tease me. I spoke and, and it didn't happen. And, and man, well number one, the reason it didn't happen is because it's your idea, not God's. Rely on Him leading you each day. Rely on Him for what He is doing. And look at what He's done, and rejoice in what He's given us. God continually fulfills our needs, each and every one of them. I can't go through a day and say, my need had not been filled. My wants and desires, maybe. But to be honest with you, I'm running wants and desires constantly, and they're there. Some to my detriment, some to enjoyment, some that I share with others. <clears throat> Jumping over to <clears throat> verse 12, he talks about the perfection 
that he's attaining, trying to attain from the resurrection from the dead. We know that we can't do that. <clears throat> we know that we can't be perfect in this life. No one is, except for Christ. He starts out, not that I've already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made, it, made me His own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Pressing on, going forward, forgetting what lies behind. <clears throat> We're not forgetting the foundation of Jesus Christ and of God that He's given us. We're not forgetting that at all. What we're forgetting is the struggles and the failures and the things that we thought were important and are not. Just as we go back earlier in the chapter, and he says, I count all these things as rubbish. I've lined myself up perfectly. You know what? That was all garbage. Doesn't even matter. I don't even have to say my genealogy and, and where my ancestors were and what zeal I had for the law of the church. I leave that behind and I look upward and I go forward. So when we struggle, we're gonna. We accept that. We know that. But we don't let it bury us. We don't drag it along like weights behind us. We cut it free. We look forward. We move on. And when we do that, we can move on in joy. Because the only reason we're moving forward is because God is ahead of us. That is our light. That is our path. That is the direction we're going. That is our destination. And my goodness, if that isn't joy, I don't know what is. It's nothing here on earth. There's things that we think make us happy, but man, the only thing that really brings me to tears is the joy that the Lord has given me. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly and they glory in their shame and their mind set on earthly things. So he talks about those you're looking around, maybe your friends, maybe family, maybe town or the city. They're following the wrong path. They're leading the wrong things. And you know what? We don't sit and go, ha, they're going to get what they deserve. We sit in sorrow for a broken world. We know that there's an answer. We know that there's a path and a direction that they can take. And we pray that God will lead them in those ways. That God changes their hearts and leads them on a righteous path. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. You guys, when you say, I want to be like Jesus, yes, that's a good thing. I would like to be perfect. I would like to be sinless. I would like to love unconditionally with great abundance. 
in a small way, I do, and I am. But only Jesus can do those things perfectly. So we look at others, we pray for them, and we thank God that He gives us that ability to share the love that He has given us with many others. And we rejoice in that. We should be joyful that we have that ability. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me share what He's done for me. Let me share His Word in my life because those are the two truths that I have. I've seen other things and I've heard other things. and I don't know. Maybe it's truth. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I know the Word is truth and I know everything He's done in my life. Well, not everything. He's working well above and beyond what I know. But I know what He has given me and what I've seen. And it's truthful, whether I hide it, whether I share it, whether I embrace it, or whether I want to throw it away as rubbish. God knows. We await for Him to come get us. We have a destination. And it's like, God, I really don't want to go through everything I have, especially as I get older. I'm 60 now, and it's like, hey, we don't jump out of bed like we used to. Every movement, time to get up. Okay, back. We're standing up now. Here we go. Okay, let's get in line. Ah, yeah, okay. Foot, let's go forward. It's getting tougher, guys. It really is. It's easier to have Christ come and go, you want to come home now? You bet. <laughs> yep, let's go. But the fact is, he knows better than I, and he knows more than I, and he says, Ron, I'm going to leave you on earth for a little while longer. I need you to help some others. I want you to have the joy of sharing my word with many others. I want to share the love that I have through you to many others. And he gives us that opportunity. I don't want to walk around and do those things in sadness and sorrow and frustration and anger. They have nothing to do with what God has given me. I do walk in sorrow for those that don't know the Lord. And I walk in great joy for those who do. I wait for him, but I live. You know, we have a destination. And, and one of the things I was thinking of is that when I was a child, we used to sit by the airport and my dad would watch, let us watch the planes come in. And it was pretty cool. We didn't have the money, so we never flew. The first time I ever flew was down at the Sandwich Fair in a bubble Huey helicopter. My dad took me and my little brother, or my older brother, but he's smaller than me, so, you know, I can. But anyway, he took us on a helicopter ride. We had no destination. We were just going on a trail, you know, we're going up. This is an exciting path that we're taking with nowhere to go. We're just going to try this. We're going to take this for a ride. And we did, and it was pretty exciting. Then the next time I flew, I had joined the Navy, and I was going to boot camp in Orlando. The destination was scary. The ride was not as exciting. It was going to get me there, but I was still thrilled. I'd never been in a jet before. So I got in the plane, and there was a nice gentleman talking next to us. He knew it was the first time I flew, and he carried conversation with us, and pointed a few things out the window as we went by and, and told us about, you know, what we're descending to and this and that. And it's like, ah, oh, that's cool. But when I got to the destination, that wasn't so cool. Out of boot camp, we had to fly a lot. They kept sending us places. 
Now, the destination wasn't as scary. Boot camp was the tough initiation, get in, get out. Now I just had to be places. I had a destination. Didn't care if I went there or not, but I had to be there. So I got on the plane. The plane started getting less and less fun. The plane travel started to be, ah, where can I sleep? How many landings am I going to have to go through? What can I do? The destination wasn't great. And then I was getting out of the service. I flew many more times. I had some exciting things go on. And, and I mean, I've taken a cat shot off a carrier. I've had a resting gear. I've been in helicopters being transferred to different ships. A lot of fun. Normally with the destination being unclear. But when I knew I was getting out of the Navy and I was going home, guess what? My destination was priority. I didn't care what plane I got in. Just get me there. I'm going to take this ride, and I'm going to get through this ride, and I'm going to be there. Because the destination was my home with people I loved. I did take that flight. I got home, and it was great. But it wasn't the end, and I've flown since then. But I still remember how excited I was knowing that I was going home. And as I read this passage and, and I read this, the joy that I have is to be going home, my destination. But God's given me a pretty cool flight the whole way. He's given me pretty cool seats to ride this trip and then find my way home, which is not lost. He's the pilot. He'll take me right where I need to be. So it says, therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. It's the beginning of chapter 4, but it was a very good ending. He shares, saying that this whole letter is written to you because I love you. I have great joy for all that you're doing because you're with me in loving the Lord. I get to share that and we should rejoice. Yeah. We know there's struggles. We know there's hardships. Paul's sitting here writing this in jail. We're sitting here at home. Most of us have pretty nice homes. Pretty nice lifestyle. And we lead our lives, and we often start thinking worldly of how bad things are. What I want to get through to you today is the first words that he said in this chapter. Finally, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Find happiness in this day. It doesn't have to be, you know, just, oh, I'm sure I'm going to smile. Huh, I hate this. But truly find joy. Remember what God has done for you. And if the things that you want today don't happen, if your teams don't win, if your meals go bad, if, if the snow is out there, even if you know you slip off the road. Guys, this isn't bad, and I'm not wishing that on anyone, Chris. <clears throat> I know, I know. <laughs> but what I'm saying is if it doesn't go the way you think it will, then think higher. Because what God has done with for us and with us deserves great praise, deserves great joy, deserves great happiness. And we don't have to wait for it because God is with us. God is here today. 
It's not something that we have to think, oh, when God comes back to get us, guess what? The Holy Spirit is within us. We are with God right now. So take the day that we have, take this week, be joyful and rejoice. I know there's struggles, and we're going to take a moment and pray for all those because there's a lot of things happening. But all of this, you guys, finally, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for all that we have because everything that we have is from you, Lord. The struggles that we go through, Lord, we don't wish to be in, but we wish to be with you. We wish that you are helping us, Lord, and we have great confidence that you are. We have true faith, Lord, that you are leading our lives. And Lord, I ask for forgiveness for the times that I set you aside, for the times that I cover up your Holy Spirit and try to do things my way. Lord, we're after a season of, of joy and happiness that we made busy and uncontended and struggled through. Lord, forgive us for these things. Let us rejoice in the birth of your son, the start of a new year, the forgiveness of our sins, your grace and mercy in our lives, Lord. That is amazing, and I thank you. I thank you for your great love that you continue to bestow on us. May we take that love, Lord. May we receive it. And then may we pour it out on others, Lord. We know it never runs out. We know that we can love abundantly. We thank you for all that you are and all that you do. May we rejoice in the days you give us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.